Hello goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of my Haunted Life podcast with me, your host, Angela Hertzel. How is everyone doing out there? I hope you are all staying safe and warm. I have been hard at work getting out orders and actually getting ahead on the podcast, and there's some amazing interviews coming up. I really don't have a lot of housekeeping today. But I'm also very excited to get into today's interview. So, let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. I have been very fortunate this past year to interview some wonderful people and hear some amazing stories. But I think today's episode has got to be my all-time favorite and probably always will be. Since it's the Christmas season, I thought it would be fun to make it a family affair. And I'm interviewing my grandma, Elizabeth Martin. I am very close to my grandmother, for those that don't know, speaking to her almost daily. She was born and raised in Colorado and is of pioneer stock, as she likes to say. She just turned 88 in September and is still chugging along. She has lived an extraordinary life and has so many tales, it's not even funny. Some of my all-time favorites are uh, when she was in high school there was a man assaulting young girls, I think behind the bleachers or something, at school outside. And her and her friends went to the police and offered themselves up as bait to help catch the guy. Yep. They, if I remember correctly, turned her down. Uh, and more recently, the time there was an escape fugitive in her yard that the police were closing in on that she was completely oblivious to. And as she was sitting in her kitchen enjoying her morning coffee with all the windows and doors open, wide open, because it's summer and she's trying to get the cool air in before it gets too hot, just hanging out. A bunch of police officers come running into her house to make sure she was safe. Needless to say, I got a very excited phone call shortly after. And, of course, Grandma's ghost stories. I have heard some of these hundreds of times. And there's actually some I had never heard, so I'm very excited. But they are, are so good that I just wanted to share them with you. And after a short break from our sponsors, I'll be back with my grandmother and her frightening tales.
want to talk about your ducks. So on today's podcast, I'm really excited for this episode because I'm a little bit biased, but today I'm really excited because I have my grandmother on. Say hi, Grandma. Grandma, say hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Knowing, yeah, it's just me. But, uh, so, I have grown up with some of your ghost stories. I think since I was uber little, as far as I can tell. As far as I remember, I should say. And, uh, I've always heard... The story of Sir Galahad. Who the heck was Sir Galahad? He was the ghost we had in Denver while we were living in Denver. And he, I was the one that noticed it first because I would stay up late watching them in movies. And it, uh. Well, and we had the upstairs, the real, a real beautiful staircase. But anyhow, every night when I got ready to go to bed, I had a habit of looking out the front door, not to let anything, but I was just looking. And I could always feel this like a cold air on my back. Mm. And it was right down in this vestibule. This was an old Victorian house that had a vestibule. So I was Graham upstairs, and that was okay. And then it seemed to get worse and worse. And I told George about it, and he says, oh, poo, 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 there's no such thing as that. And and then I would see it at night. The the kind of a mist would come up the stairs where the, the dresser window would show, point at where the stairs was. Okay. And I had I seen this mist right at the top of the stairs and move. Oh. And I did... Yeah, and I did tell George, I said, did you see that? And he had to admit he didn't see it. And then we started leaving Ralph the dog in, and he was standing there looking down the stairs. From the, He was at the top step, and he was looking down, and his hair was standing on the back of his neck, and he did this low growl all night long. Hmm. So we knew there was something there, and it was, it was mostly located down in this vestibule where most of the sightings were. And there was a bedroom down there, and I had to have surgery. And Mom came to take care of the kids, and she slept down in that bedroom. And so when I got home, she practically broke her neck wanting to get home right away. And she, and I had heard a noise, and I said, oh, that's our ghost. And she said, yes, there is a ghost. Oh, no. And she, when she says, go in, and she always said the rosary at night. And she says, it was just like when Dad would get in the bed with her, and she felt the bed going down. No. And yeah, she says, it was just like somebody was there, and she would look. And, boy, the next day she wanted to go home because Dad needed her. Dad was all home, home all by himself, but he wasn't. The neighbors were having him over for dinner every night and everything. He was having a ball. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Anyhow, this kind of went on. We kept saying this mess. And money was showing up in my purse. Up. I don't know where it come from. Of course, now I think I know where that might have came from. I don't think it was the ghost. But I did okay. tell the lady next door, well, her sister. But 
we bought the house from her sister. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I was talking to the niece, and I told her about that. And she says, uh, the, the cousin and her would never stay in the house by themselves. They'd go back over to the, the sisters and stay, because they wouldn't stay in this house by themselves. Because she said, definitely, there was something in the house. Oh, so it, so, it, it had a, a history, basically, of hauntings. Yeah, and so, and then, then of course, Mrs. Fargo Farley said that, oh, there's nothing, nothing there's a ghost in the house. She denied it. Who's but Mrs. Farley? Said, yes, there was something in that house. So, oh, uh, right. when we got ready to sell the house and we got ready to leave, we called him Sir Galahad. We went all through the house and said, Sir Galahad, we're leaving, we're moving to Grand Junction. Actually, we were moving the canyon, but we didn't want him following us. <laughs> so we said, Sir Galahad, we're leaving. And so we didn't think Sir Galahad would follow us here, but the guy that bought the house, within six months, he was wanting out. Oh, wow. And they came down, the, 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 the real estate guy came down with him to sign the papers because we, we um, financed the house for him. And I asked him, I said, are you leaving because of the ghost? And, of course, he kind of denied it, but he was from that part of New Mexico where they really believed in that kind of stuff. Hmm. And, yes, he did finally admit that he was leaving because they felt that there was a presence in the house and they, they couldn't handle it anymore. Why the name Sir Galahad? Oh, that was me. I called him that because... Looking on the nights of the round table. Yeah. So I thought, well, Sir Galahad's a good ghost. So I was telling Sir Galahad, and I was hoping he would go off and do whatever his charitable things were. Okay. And he, so anyhow, Sir Galahad was left in Denver, and we came to Canyon City. Hmm. Uh, Wasn't there something with, like, a door or something in Mom's room? or? Oh, Yeah. That was, because our bedrooms were upstairs, and Georgia left for work. He had to go early, because he was driving down to Colorado Springs to go to work. And uh, I could hear, like, like a man's voice talking. And it, in the kid's bedroom, there was, to get into the attic part, there was a door. That it wasn't a room, it was just a door you could get in there, I guess, that was kind of where the house was, you know, angle. The roof was at an angle, and it had this door. And, and I would, to keep the kids from going in there, because the roof wasn't, it wasn't solid, and I put the dresser in front of it so they couldn't move it. Well, they were little at the time. Yeah, they were and, really uh, little, right? They were, like, under five or something. Well, your mother just started kindergarten. So. Okay. And Glenn hadn't started school yet. And anyhow, I could hear this, like a mumbling of a male voice. And then I could hear like your mother saying something. Oh, and no. <laughs> and that went on for a while. And I thought, I was too scared to get up to see. I finally made myself get up. I thought, oh, that's my daughter. I better go in there and see what the heck's going on. Anyhow, that door was open. The dresser was slid over to the side. And your mother was half asleep. And I... I woke her up and I said, were you talking with somebody? And she said, no, I don't think so. That's all I can remember her saying. Hmm. But it, it really unnerved me. And I hurried up and got that thing there. And then 
But George came home at night. We got a board and, and hammered it across that door. So it couldn't be open. Hmm. But there was definitely somebody in there and it was talking to her. Huh. Kind of like a mumble, you know. Huh. It wasn't too long after that we left. Okay. And you guys didn't leave because of the ghost? No, we were moving because he was working in Colorado Springs and we had to move down closer to his job, yeah. That makes sense. Um, and we, lo- we looked at property in Colorado Springs and then we came to Canyon City and left because I didn't want to bring the kids up in Colorado Springs too much. <laughs> Yeah, at that time it was a hippie time and I didn't want to bring them up there. Those damn hippies. So, you, you've you always told me you've had different experiences other than Sir Galahad. Um, well, yeah, but you know my memory's not all that good. I know. You tell me lots of things and then we both forget. Uh, so you, uh, I know one of your favorite ghost stories is about your mom. Oh, yeah. This is after Mom died, and I was out in the kitchen. Mom was tall, and she was a regular cowgirl-type woman. She was big, and she she was tall. And I was trying to reach up off this one shelf, and, of course, I was shorter than her. And this was after she died, not too long after she passed away. And... I felt this on my shoulder and reaching up to what I was trying to get off of that shelf. And I looked, and it was my mother. And Mm. she had this grin like she could do something that I couldn't do. She was being silly. And then I turned, and I looked at her. And then when I looked back to the cupboard to try to get it down, she was gone. And, And... but that was a, I, she was so real. It seemed like she was really, really there. But that was her presence, I guess, to let me know that I could reach that dang thing up at the top shelf <laughs> if I really tried, yeah. I was going to say, did you get the thing down? Well, I think I did. I think I finally got a stool and got up there and got it. But it was just the <laughs> fact that she had her hand on my shoulder. That's what I felt. That's when I turned to look, you know. Because she was she tall. She was definitely there. She was definitely there. There's no question about it. Because hmm. she was really tall, right? Well, she was taller than me. Well, it doesn't say a lot. We're both... I, I know where I get my shortness, and it's definitely from you. Well, it kind of runs short. My grandmother... My dad's mother was real short. She was just really short. Uh... And, well, daddy was short, too. And okay, I, so it's from that side. Yeah. Gotcha. And then mom was on the frisky side. They were all kind of tall and slim, yeah. Gotcha. Except for her mother. Her mother was short. She was a little old Irish lady, so. How did we end up so short? Um, uh, I know you also uh, told me you had an experience with your brother, too. Well, yes, this is. I would always, when I would start to wake up in the morning, I, I would, these things would come in my mind, and I was just laying there, and I kind of looked, and it was him, and I don't remember what he said. He did say something to me, and I looked at him, and I thought, why is Alfred 
showing up. We haven't talked for 12 years because there's been that fight over the ranch and uh, that real estate woman that was trying to cheat mother out of it. And, and I thought, why is I'm seeing him? And I hadn't even thought about him. And it, it was a time that I wake up in the morning and I was getting up. And then my sister called to tell me that he had passed. And when I told her, I said, you might think I'm crazy, but I seen this vision of Alfred. And she says, that was him telling you goodbye. Aww. She said, the time that I seen him was exactly the time he died. Because it was 7.30 in the morning. That's when he passed. Oh. And that was 7.30 when I was waking up. Oh, I didn't know the time thing. Oh, I did, yeah. Wow. And that's where my sister said that was him definitely saying goodbye to me, yeah. Hmm. Well, and one I just learned this week, I think it was this week we were talking about it, is you've had cat ghosts in the house as well. Had what? Cat you had Millie and Natical come visit. Oh, cat shadow. Yeah, I even to this day, I see a shadow. Of, well, it's not a shadow. Sometimes it was just a flash thing. I would see Millie walking from the hallway down to where she would head for her bed. And I'll see it quite often. I'll see her doing that. Even now. So. Hmm. I guess you could call her a shadow ghost because she just drifted by. I mean, to be fair, she was a black cat, so she always looked like she a shadow. She was definitely a black cat, yeah. And I know you said Natical comes to visit. Well, sort of, yeah. She did, she did it because she always cried. Well, Natical, she died on Christmas Day, and so when kind of Christmas, she seems to her presence seems to be here. I don't know why. Oh, she comes to visit. But Natico was a very loving, loving cat. So. And then another random ghost story that kind of came out of nowhere the last week again. Uh, you were oh. telling me the story about the lady in the blue dress. Oh, yeah, this is an old story I knew from a little kid up. I was showing you how the neighbors would go from house to house because we didn't have television. And they would take an evening... And the kids would come along, the kids were out in the kitchen playing. That's where we had to stay, and the adults were in the front room, and they would sit there, and they would visit that way. And there'd be two or three sets of neighbors, and whoever's house they were at, the, the, the host would make a cake or something and have coffee. And they were always telling about, and my grandmother, my dad's mother, was always telling them about these ghosts, and um, that Uncle Nate... Daddy's half brother, between Leadville and and Buena uh, Vista, actually. Okay. That's a lot of but Buena Vista, and they told about this one house because they would stop over in the olden days. They, they were by horse or horse and buggy and you know, houses of people's farms. They could stay in overnight and then move on because the doors were always open for anybody going by because. At that time, they could trust people more than they do now. <laughs> and it, But they always kept, told this story about Uncle Nathan, this woman in a blue dress. And she, she could see through the dress. It was not solid. 
And Wait, she, she wasn't had, naked. No, she wasn't okay. naked. She had a blue dress on, but it was transparent. Oh, okay. And, and uh, she was standing at the, the foot of the bed looking at him. And she stayed there for a long time, and Uncle Nate was really scared. And because he tried to avoid that house for some time, so it was, there was such a distance between the houses he had to stay there. But they told about it. Even Uncle Joe said that, that he'd seen that. Um, and there was a woman that used to live there, and she died. I don't know if she was killed or what. But anyhow, she would always appear at the foot of this bed. And then there was another house further down the road that had the same thing. But not it wasn't a woman. It was a ghost. But I can't remember the description they gave you. Yeah. Oh, but the, they used to talk about these ghosts along that way. And even in later years, I've seen something. There was a, something that was in the Denver portion. They were talking about the ghosts that used to be. And they brought up the fact that this ghost was seen. So it was Uncle Nate wasn't the only one that seen him. Huh. I wonder if we can, like, look that up. That sounds interesting. Between Buny and... Leadville. Leadville. Okay. Leadville, yeah, or Salada. It could have been to Salada, but I think it was to Buny, yeah. I'm going to have to see if I can't find something on that. It might have been to Salada, but uh, Uncle Nathan would come down, and, of course, she'd go to Bramble's, and she lived in Buna Vista, so that's probably where, where it was, yeah. Hmm. And, of course, Grandma always said there was ghosts in her house. Oh, really? She was always putting curses on everybody so oh my so god tell me everything her, yeah. no i want to hear about this what 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 go back i want to hear which grandma and what kind of curses is this colorado yeah i love colorado okay what i've never heard about colorado having ghosts in her house oh she always said that the house they had in in um uh, vista she said there was ghosts up there in the upstairs yeah Really? You could hear the rattling around. And she kept the power door closed tight because they were, she, she senses them being in there. The only time the parlor door was open is when there was like Christmas or something and the family's down and we were all sitting in there and then we could go in. But otherwise, no, 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 no. Really? No, I've never heard this at all. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, there's always ghosts. <laughs> I I knew about, you know, her cursing people. I didn't know she had ghosts. That's interesting. Well, she was she mad at anybody. She would curse them. And sometimes she said the curses came true. So I, I don't know if it went back on her Yeah. Uh, I wonder what kind of curses. And now I'm like, I want... You need to find the diary. I want her diary. If we ever find her diary, I call Dibs. Tell Mom. Not that she would not fight me for that. Yeah, I don't think she had a diary. Damn. But she did have a gun in her pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be kind of scared to go up there. When it, when I'd be, I would sleep with her. And and then to, to make the bed and everything, there was this great big old gun that was underneath her pillow. Oh, Jesus. And she shoot at anybody. Uncle Nathan came one night, and he was tapping on the window of the bedroom, and... She shot at the window, and she just missed him. And then she finally decided that he was able to get her attention, that it was him, you know. 
Oh, no. Oh, Grandma was real good about things like that. I love her. She's my favorite. <laughs> well, she was not the nicest person in the world, but she was, she was feisty. She's still my favorite. And she was beautiful when she was young. She was, the pictures I wanted to get, and Uncle Joe, I don't know what he did with them, but, uh, the, you know, her portrait, it was so, she would put any of those early, um, people to shame she was beautiful yeah i think mom has at least a copy of it i think i know what picture you're talking about she got a copy of where grandma was real young she had this real long hair yeah and and it went down past her waist and this is after she left wyoming i think after her dad passed away and but just the other was where she had this blonde hair, and it was, have you ever seen pictures of Baby Doe when she was the highlight of when they were real, real rich? Mm-hmm. And her hair was fixed like that, and it was a side view. She, I remember her being in kind of a blue, blue-gray dress. Hmm. It was just beautiful, yeah. Hmm. I'll ask Mom. I should have taken it when I first seen it, yeah. Well, now you know. I was going to say, can but you think of... Sorry, keep going. I think your mother got that one up. Some of the stuff Uncle Joe donated to the museum up there in Buena Vista. It was on the wall, this picture of that your mother might have. Because I think she said we were up there. You know, there's a lot of unhealthy feelings about him. Yeah. And she, she took the picture off the wall, yeah. Hmm. Well, it was ours to begin with. <laughs> Can you think, do you remember any of her, any other bits about her ghosts? I swear to God, she's my favorite. I love her so much. <laughs> no, I don't know. She was always the time saying these things. She wasn't exactly the nicest person in the <laughs> uh, Can you think of any other ghost story? Uh, those are all the ones that I think I can remember that you've told me about. Well, I probably, but at this time... Was the ranch ever haunted? No, I don't think so. Oh, Temple Canyon. Uncle Gus ever talking about that. Uh, I know you said Temple Canyon's haunted. Temple Canyon? Isn't that the one you told me it's haunted? No, Temple Canyon is. Over here, both of Bob Canyon. It's just yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's got about the. It was there's an amphitheater that was natural. There was just rocks and things came out, and there was Indian tribes. It was always told about this one. The one, the, she was a woman, and this other from another tribe was wanting her for his bride, and there was a lot of fighting going on, and, and there was. She got killed. She was up there in that theater, and and uh, he went up there. And I don't know what happened then, but this is from then on. Anytime you went up there, you could hear her. And if we did, we used to be able to crawl up into that theater part. It was a kind of a hard walk, hmm. uh, uh, climb. Yeah. Oh my God, my phone is beeping. <laughs> I'm not on the phone that long. 
Well, we have been on the phone for over an hour. Let's see. An hour and 13 an minutes hour and this 13 time. 13 minutes, but still, it should last longer. Well, I we talked, talked earlier. We talked huh. earlier, too. Huh? We talked earlier, too. Oh! Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, UFOs at the ranch. You've told me about those. About what? Seeing UFOs at the ranch. Oh, well, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's where you got the ranch, yeah. yeah I knew there was a ranch in there. Bed at night, and the kids were in the camp pots, and they were sleeping there. And I could look out the window, and I'd seen this light, like, not, well, there was, uh, well, it was, we call it a reformatory, but there was a prison there. And I thought, well, somebody must have escaped, and they got the helicopter, and they're looking for it. But it stayed in one place, and it stayed there for the longest time, and I kept watching it and watching it. And then finally, it would drop down, and then it would move over, mm. and then it'd go back and it'd stay in that same spot. I watched it for two or three hours, and then all of a sudden they shut off. Well, at this time, that was when there was all this an, uh, animal mutilation. Yes. And horses and everything being mutilated. So this was like late and, 60s, right? Yeah, uh, 70s. Okay. Maybe early 70s. Yeah, the kids are little, so... Because I think but Lucky, I, is it Lucky the horse? I should know this. Wow. Uh, I think he was the first real big mutilation, and he was, I think, 69. Maybe. I should look that up. Oh, the one over by Alamosa? Yeah, by yeah. Garner? Yeah. Yeah, that's always been brought up whenever they're doing about this show on TV about the aliens, yeah. But there's definitely, this was not a natural, it was not a helicopter because of the way it was so erratic. And for it to stay in one spot for such a long time and then shoot off like a cannon. Mm. The helicopter don't move that fast to begin with. Yeah. They move fast, but they don't shoot off like a streak of lightning, you know. So Snippy. I figured that was what was going on and then... I, and then Later on, I found out over that it was over Trout Creek area that they they found cows mutilated. Ah. So there was something really was going on. Yeah, I had to look it up. It's Snippy the horse. I knew, I knew it. And then um, it was September seventh, nineteen sixty-seven. Nineteen what? Nineteen sixty-seven, and he yeah, remember he was like the beginning. That was the first one, yeah. Yeah. And then you seem to be seeing these UFOs quite a bit after that, yeah. Yeah, it kind of exploded after that. Yeah. Well, my battery's dying. Okay, give me a second. Uh, let me go back. We can stop there. We got a whole podcast, so that's great. So, thank you, Grandma, for being on. And I know your phone's dying. But I love you. And is there anything else you want to say to the listeners well it's been fun i wish i could remember everything i know there's other things but i just right now they they have to come up when somebody pushes the right button and i remember (laughs) well yeah there's all through my life i've been running into these kind of things so they didn't scare me (laughs) sort of (laughs) i was gonna say uh if you remember we'll just have you on again it's okay oh okay 
It's been fun. A big thank you to everyone out there listening today. You are definitely part of the bigger fam known as the My Haunted Podcast group. A big thank you to my amazing grandma. If you're still listening, you got this far. I love you. I know now that I have to go and help her find how to get to podcast again on her iPad. And we'll probably be doing that for the next little bit. At the beginning of the interview, she's talking about ducks. Like at the very beginning. If you're not listening close enough, you might have missed it. Because it's not really a part of it. Uh, If you want to hear part of the rest of that story, I recorded it for the soundtrack. And I'll play it right after this. If you like the podcast... Please rate and review me on your favorite podcast apps. It goes a long way to helping other people find me. The Facebook group is awesome and I love everyone over there. And very soon there's going to be more questions to some of the interviewees coming up. So keep an eye out for that. I swear I'm still working on the Patreon. Don't give up on me yet, but it's coming. I promise. And that's about it. I will see you guys next week on my Haunted Life podcast. Bye. Up the door, she was begging for bread. And at the time, I was studying Spanish at the college. I took a Spanish class. And really? So I had to put what we were supposed to make a tape and do this whatever it was, was to see how well we could do the language. And I said that, that my duck take, um, Luke, da- Daisy, was begging at the door for some bread, and I, could, was able, I was able to say bread, which was pan, but I couldn't remember the rest. I had people driving down the street that Daisy would be up on the porch wanting to come in, mm-hmm. and this one guy even stopped his car as I was opening the door enough for Daisy to walk around the door enough so she could get into the house. And they were watching that. <laughs> I bet they wondered, oh my God, they're letting a duck in their house. Well, I mean, it's not the worst thing you've done around there. Well, they were 20 years old, 22. Daisy.